Exactly, macaroons. Okay, here we go. Strawberry jam, done. That's what it sounded like in a big auditorium at the headquarters of Toronto's Jewish Federation on Sunday, and you heard the Federal Minister of Public Safety, Marco Mendicino, who popped in to help pack boxes of Passover food for the Jewish community's needy clients. Liberal MP Yara Sachs was right behind him in the assembly line lending a hand. The politicians joined hundreds of volunteers who turned out to help pack 1,000 boxes of food that are being delivered this week around the city. It was the first time since the pandemic hit two years ago that Federation decided to put on a day-long packing session inside and in person. Everyone was wearing a mask, even though masking rules have been lifted. And everywhere from Toronto to Calgary to Vancouver, Jewish agencies say they're seeing a big increase in need this year. 20% more Passover boxes are being sent out compared to last year. What we've seen is that the needs keep rising and the numbers of families that are suffering from hunger are going up and up. So it's hard to put an exact number on it because it keeps changing. I'm Ellen Besner and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, April the 5th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Delivery trucks and volunteer drivers will be rolling out across Canadian cities this week, bringing boxes of kosher for Passover groceries and meals, and even boxes with all the fixings that people need to hold a Seder. In Montreal, the MATA agency is delivering 2,000 Passover food baskets and 8,000 ready-made meals. Calgary's Jewish Family Services has prepared 55 packages. Vancouver sending out nearly 600 parcels, plus 400 seders in a box. In Toronto, at least 3,000 boxes are going out to needy Jewish clients from Federation and from the National Council of Jewish Women. And that's 600 more than last year. Coming up, we'll hear from some of the organizers, including how some Jewish quilters worked for two years to create something special and artistic to put into some of the boxes. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Adam Minsky in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Canadian high school students will not be going on the March of the Living later this month. Officials say the Ukrainian refugee crisis has filled up hotels and tourist venues across parts of Poland, and so it didn't seem right to add to the country's burden by sending two busloads of Canadian kids on the annual trip to visit the site of the Auschwitz Nazi death camp, and then on to Israel. The march has been cancelled for the past two years because of COVID, but about 100 Canadian students and some survivors were scheduled to fly to Poland to participate on April 28th, which is Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day. That march will still go ahead with a scaled-down version and only European teens. March of the Living Canada says it will hold a virtual walk so teens can create plaques in memory of Holocaust victims, and then these plaques will be projected onto the buildings at Auschwitz. We've got two interviews for you. First up is Romy Polarski. She's a volunteer organizer at the UJA Federation Toronto Passover Packathon. That was on Sunday. 
So tell me what gets into a box. Each box has a checklist that the volunteers take with them as they pack the boxes. There's probably about 30 items, ranging from matzah to tuna. There's also fresh produce this year, which is the first time we've been able to secure that, as well as meat. Each family receiving a box will have fresh meat delivered to their uh, location, so they'll have kosher for Passover meat. There's also dairy that's going to be delivered, um, tuna, crackers, all the essentials that you need for a kosher le Pesach home. And jelly candy. Can't forget the jelly no, candy. Of course. Jelly obviously. candies and cereal. <laughs> cereal you can take or leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that great. We're do hoping to donate up to a thousand boxes. So that's a thousand families who were who are part of our partner agencies through JF and CS and JIS and other organizations, as well as other families who through the pandemic have been hit really hard and just food insecurity is a is a real threat. So it's our privilege to be able to accommodate a thousand families with real fresh, nutritious uh, food that's gonna carry them throughout the week of Pesach. Yeah. Did you find um that it's more than you guys were able to do last you didn't do anything last we didn't year do, right? we didn't do something like this last year we did do a, a packing we did it outside um, yes. but at that point it was still early in the pandemic so we didn't the needs have arisen as the pandemic has drawn on people's lives and have been affected as the months and months have, have gone on people that have been sick may not have been able to return to work like lives have been you know, thrown upside down. Next up, meet Shelley Feldman and Eva Carpati of the National Council of Jewish Women's Toronto branch. They've been holding an annual Passover campaign for 39 years. And this year, they've got to raise a lot more money. They're looking for $200,000 to help pay for a logistics company to deliver all the food and to cover the rising price of kosher food itself. You mentioned that you're looking for $200,000 this year from the community to cover... What is the change in terms of what you tried to raise or raise last year? And is that all because of the food uh, prices going up? So just walk me through the numbers. Uh, well, if, if we go back to pre-COVID, when we used volunteers, the students and other volunteers did the packing. Now, we always purchased a certain amount of food, but people also donated foods in supermarkets, and that food got put into the mix and delivered. Now this year we have no food donations because that's also a volunteer um, program. And um, we also don't have volunteers packing. So having to pay for someone else to pack and having to pay for someone else eventually to deliver is more expensive. The cost of food this year, I think has gone up what, 15, 20%? I, I can't even figure it out yet. We haven't gotten to that point where I can see what the difference is. But whatever it is out there in the in, for our regular supermarket goods, Passover is always more expensive. Now, you said you have about 2,000 um, clients, uh, recipients. What is the change from last few years? They're always, uh, they seem to be going up. Well, little by the hundreds. So let's say it, uh, it was what it was eighteen last year, eighteen, and now we're about two thousand. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, in order to try to make it special this year, uh, you had uh, something extra that's unedible but still beautiful. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, I'll speak to that. Um, and we put in, uh, we 
been creating for actually almost two years now, um, quilted six inches by six inches, a quilted pot holder. And the design on each pot holder is actually called a friendship star. So it was a way of uh, adding, again, a personal touch, a loving gesture. And it truly was actually our only way through this to have some more community involvement in that um, for this year, we've, we have a thousand of these pot holders to go into the boxes. And each of those thousand, if you can imagine, was made by a single person to, to gift and to um, you know, add some loving care and, and uh, loving kindness to each box. So it was a real hands-on gesture of being involved in the Passover food drive. Tell me about the process. Who who made them? Any of you guys actually made them yourselves? Any of you? Yes. <laughs> well, it started with our Toronto Jewish Quilting Project, which is a project of National Council. And we gather every week to make quilts for those touched by cancer. And just before the initial lockdown, uh, March 2020, someone brought in one of these beautiful little quilted potholders, and we thought it would be a perfect project for us um, because it's a complete quilt, except it's six inches as opposed to a full um, lap size quilt. And so we started to embark on that um, and then COVID came. So it was, um, was a bit of a, a struggle because people didn't have the materials at home. So we actually made kits. So the quilt, the women of the Toronto Jewish Quilting Project made them. Branch members got involved to make them. And one of the most uh, heartwarming is that through the year, we had students making them. We had students as, um, um, like I, I taught them through Zoom how to, how to make them. So we had these, these kits delivered to them. And they sat there through Zoom through nine hours, was divided up, and learned how to make this, essentially how to make a quilt, how to get involved in the Passover food drive through this really thoughtful process, and then give. You know, not only did they take nine hours to create this object, but then they gave it, you know, and so they were really touched to be able to do something like that. So it's a real community endeavor, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of all thousand of those pot holders, which are going to go into a forever home now. <laughs> Tell me something. So a thousand are going into boxes. You have 2000 boxes. How do you decide who gets and who doesn't? Or you just first come, first serve? Yeah, it, it was, we put them in boxes until we ran out. And then after that, we had, uh, Habad was very kind and donated uh, uh, little packets with uh, candles and a sadaka box and some pesada candies. And that little kit with some brachot as well is going into the other thousand. Do you think it was the right decision to not have people and volunteers so far this year, like uh, because of safety reasons, even though masks are coming off now and, and all that? Yeah. To ensure that the people got their Passover food. Yes, definitely made the right decision. And next year, we're planning to go back to the volunteers 
And we're looking forward to that as uh, a lot of volunteers have called us or sent us emails saying, let us know. Yeah, I'll be on that list too. <laughs> and that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Michael Tepper of Toronto. And we'll end the episode, since it's about food, with this sneak peek at a coming show you won't want to miss. You'll meet Melina Schein. She's an opera singer. She lives in Vernon, B.C. She just won $10,000 as a contestant on a reality show, but for her cooking, not for her singing. She won the first episode of The Wall of Bakers show last week on the Food Network Canada. She calls herself the Saucy Soprano, and here she is being saucy with the show's Jewish host, Noah Kapp. Hello, Melina. Hi, Noah. I've always had like like a little a little bit of a crush on you on TV because guys don't wear bow ties anymore. <laughs> wow. Like I'm trying to focus on my food here. Oh, let's both focus. <laughs> you got to.